This Big 12 Hoops opening games recap edition of the College Experience, part of the Sports Gaming Podcast Network, is brought to you by Bet365. Bet365 is offering new users a $1,000 risk-free bet. Sign up today at sportsgamingpodcast.com slash bet365. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, a sports betting research platform for parlays, props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. We're also brought to you by Game Time. Game Time is the last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Use that promo code CFBX for $20 off for your first purchase today. everybody back to the college experience the big 12 college experience part of the sports gambling podcast network basketball season is here the crossover time is here we got football we just go check out our big 12 game of the week between the west virginia mountaineers oklahoma sooners tomorrow we're uh picking game uh, week 11 we're already in week 11 but we had to sneak in we had to wedge in a little bit of a nice little big 12 basketball episode here to recap the openers and look ahead to what is going to be a loaded slate this weekend, especially on Friday night, including some spotlight games in the Big 12, the best conference in America for hoops. Uh, if you're wondering who you're listening to, I am Moneyline Mac, a.k.a. the former former video coordinator for Bob Huggins and Frank Martin. And joining me each and every episode on the Big 12 College Experience, he was born in Provo, Utah. Go Cougs. He's got family names, Iowa. Go Cyclones. And he lives in Morgantown, West Virginia. Rambling Rush. Basketball season's here, brother. It it is here, and I know we did the Oklahoma show yesterday. Um, I want to make this clear because the camera's not getting this. I'm wearing this for Troy, the Nationals uh, winning their World Series. This is not intended to be Oklahoma covers. Uh, Oklahoma shirt. Um, we'll 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 replace it for the Ryan and Russ show later today. I also want to uh, say as well that's a nice nice can of Coke there, uh, uh, Troy. Um, we're gonna need to get a new background here from Cameron Kerr for basketball season. Uh, and like we, we like we promised uh, Andy Mitz, we need to flip that OU logo upside down. Yes, indeed. Um, we got we got to get a court. He's working on it behind the scenes, but we had to wedge this in. Whether we got a football field oh. or basketball court, we'll we'll get it fixed. Um, but third man in the box, everybody knows him from his ties, to his family civil wars. In the cities of Stillwater, Norman, Oklahoma, uh, Waco, Texas. He's got his Baylor Bears shirt on right now. Sick him, baby. Uh, he is the he is the Big 12 guru. They are want to know. Troy Tuning. What is up, man? How are you? So now we get into the part of the season where everybody thinks we do football and basketball crossover, and I still got NHL hockey games to go to three, two, three <laughs> times a week. Um <laughs> The bonus bet of the day is very, very easy, by the way. Hopefully there's more than one person watching this, but the Panthers are playing in D.C., so Carter Verhage, first, last, anytime goal. Just go ahead and load up on Carter. I think there he scored go. eight goals in his last six games at Capital One, so you, you, looking you to can keep always, that. You can always rely on Troy for a NHL parlay or a tennis parlay. Or tennis. Or, 
maybe Chinese checkers if, if they if they <laughs> offer some odds. I mean, so. in the middle of COVID, I was watching a Romanian marble racing on YouTube, <laughs> and they had like a Venmo like black market betting thing going on. It was fucking hilarious. That's awesome. No doubt, no doubt. Um, all right, real quick, let's. Uh, the Big Twelve finished. Uh, the only team that has not played is Texas Tech. So through fourteen games. Big 12 finishes 11 and 2 in the openers. The only loser, Oklahoma State and the Kansas State Wildcats. But let's start with the headline game last night. Baylor Bears get it done 88 82. Jacoby Walter, the freshman, goes for 28. Monster night. Comeback win. Troy, this is your team. Your mother went to the Baylor Bears. That was her attended university. What is uh, the vibe right now coming out of that home or not home? The opener at the Pentagon last night. Yeah, By the way, that place awesome. is rocking. That was great. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a lot. If they play a, they used to play a preseason tournament down in the wide world of sports down in Orlando, and it's kind of the same thing. Like one level of seats, and then a little upstairs area that's just kind of like a standing room and whatnot. That place was significantly louder than the wide world of sports ever was, though. <laughs> I mean, yes. The, and most of them weren't, you know, Baylor or Auburn fans. They were just local people that were like, hey, look, good basketball. Let's go watch, which always awesome to have in any kind of town that supports whoever is playing just because the sport's going on. I mean, I would do the same thing if I was there. Mm -hmm. So a lot of respect. But um, they did come out a little wonky, I guess. I mean, we were messaging in the first half of the game and Ryan was like, how many friggin' turnovers do they have? 15 already? And I was like, yeah, uh, 11, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> but they turn it around. They only finished the game with 15 total turnovers, so only four in the second half. It looked like they, uh, you know, it's the first game. They're still kind of learning to play with one another. But the only difference I see, I mean, between the fact that Jacoby Walter is longer and probably a, just going to be more open at the college level between him and Keontae George, Jacoby Walter wants to score 25 points a game. And even if he ever goes cold and whatnot, that's not going to deter him from continuing to shoot or continuing to drive and distribute and stuff. But man, he, he looks like almost like Michael Jordan in terms of the way that he jumps high on his jump shot and actually, you know, doesn't just try to like get the shot off in rhythm. He jumps as hard as he can. Every time he takes a shot kind of looks like he floats up in the air and gets, uh, extra half second where everything is open, even if you can test it. It's going to be dangerous trying to stop him. I mean, to put up 28 in your first college basketball game, a neutral site, uh, trailing at halftime, being the underdog against, I think Auburn's a pretty good team. I mean, we were talking about it before the show. There's no, no lead is safe with Auburn, whether they're up 10 or they're down 10. Anything yeah. can happen with Bruce Pearl, but they did turn on the physicality there for the last seven or eight minutes of the game. The, uh, between Nunn and Ray J. Dennis, their their guard defense should be pretty dang good. And it didn't look like that for the first 20 minutes. And then it just kind of the, – the intensity picked up. And, I mean, Scott Drew is just a great basketball coach, and you kind of expect that at the end of a close game for Scott Drew's team to get it done. And, I mean, that's that's probably the biggest win so far for the league. I mean – by far a couple of days of oh, games yeah. i don't know i mean texas tech against texas a commerce could be a barn burner but you know yeah and, and yeah no, no doubt and looking <laughs> ahead troy just for baylor they're uh they'll take on john brown so uh 
bring your library, I guess, to that game. Yeah, I was going to say you got to look out between between James Madison and John Jay University. John Brown might be trying to jump in. Hey, we we signed documents too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But but from there, in in a couple weeks, they'll go to they'll go to New York. They got a MTE or early season tournament, uh, the NIT tip off with Oregon State, Florida, and Pitt. And then it it really gets hard for their non-con schedule late or mid December with Seton Hall. Michigan State and Duke and Duke will be at the Garden, so they uh will be they, this, will be at the this, Garden this for the Duke game. We'll be yeah, at the no, Garden I, for the Duke game, yeah. baby. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Rush, what was your takeaway from this good Baylor comeback? Scott Drew does it again. I mean, what went on a twenty-two to ten run in the last eight minutes to to win the game, and I mean, hey, you ended up winning by two possessions as well. Uh, whether we like it or not, former Mountaineer Jalen Bridges, great game from him actually yep. really stepped up and showed that kind of the concerns we had here at West Virginia and the concerns last season with him at, at Baylor, he's kind of trying to put that all behind him and, and really step up and prove to kind of either be that number one or number two guy that, that he can be leaned on. So, Hey, great, great night for the Baylor bears. I think there's a lot of uh, truth to what you said to, to start the season. Ryan is yeah. They're the transfer portal got him like they do a lot of other schools, but these guys that got, got brought in might be even better. You just got to give them time to gel and mesh. And hey, when you end a game with a 22 to 10 run in the last eight minutes, I mean, that really can propel you forward. And, you know, you got something to work with. It's Baylor's Baylor's back. So uh, yeah. my, my my dark horse in uh, football wasn't good, but maybe it gave energy for the basketball team there, Troy. I, I couldn't stop laughing when they were talking about Bridges as the glue guy because the West Virginia guy that picked Baylor, Baylor's football team is now glue. The the dark horse has been turned to glue, but the West Virginia transfer is now the glue guy for Baylor. Oh man, it's it's Spire man. Who yeah. are we pointing at each other? Uh, yeah, exactly. Oh, overall, good good win for the Baylor Bears. Much needed for this league because on opening night, unfortunately, K State went out west to Vegas. And they, they kind of got dominated. I mean, they they definitely did not. They, they're they work in progress right now, losing Marquise Noel, losing Keontae Johnson. Um, what were you guys' takeaway? Troy, I'll start with you. What was your takeaway in this? Felt like, felt like a layup line for USC. They really missed Tomlin, who just got recently arrested and suspended. Um, they're, they're thin up front right now. And they, they kind of pulled that win off pretty easily without even Bronny. So – yeah, I think USC might be a bit more dangerous than we gave them credit for uh, coming into the season. But like we were talking about before the show, pretty much anybody that's inside of that top 25 this, this year, there's I really don't see there being one team that's just like going to whip it out and be the, the wire-to-wire best team or anything like that throughout this year. There's just too much movement in the sports now that – Everyone, it's going to take time for everyone to gel. It's going to take time for a lot of these teams. I mean, minus basically FAU, it's going to take time for everyone to know who their new teammates and all that is. And by the time we conference play, those non-con games aren't going to mean nearly as much. I mean, you can look back and say something like Baylor beat Auburn, but Auburn's liable to, you know, compete for the SEC title. And if they replay again, it could be a completely different game. So it really is a lot like what we were dealing with specifically in the big 12 for football. There's going to be a log jam for the whole year throughout the entire top 20 and pretty much any night, any of those teams are going to be able to beat somebody. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think the good news about playing in the Big 12, kind of what you were alluding to, Troy, is the fact that if you get Big 12 wins in basketball, it kind of takes care of like two to three non-con losses or oh, yeah. tough games that, that, that you might have had. And, you know, we know that the committee really takes, you know, those those conference games and, and the games closer to the tournament than these games itself. I think with Kansas State, everything you were saying, Ryan, with, you know, players being out and getting used to a new identity in this team. And what is it projectedly – supposed to be a good USC basketball game and is projected to be uh do well this season um and like you said uh Bronny wasn't even in the game this USC uh, team kind of reminds me a little bit maybe I'm wrong here but the the OJ Mayo team um back in the the late 2000s I don't know why I just kind of had glimpses of that but hey this this it sounds weird I was telling you guys before the show I I feel like I could see this actually being a rematch and like the round of 32 or even maybe just to, to open the season, like an eight versus nine game and, and Kansas state, you know, wins the game. Cause they're meshing right at that time to move on. It's going to be like a lot of these teams. I mean, West Virginia behind me, you know, there's a lot to work on a lot to figure out, especially before big 12 play. But if there's a time to do it, it's the time now. And you know, I don't, I don't think this loss is really that big of a deal against Kansas state. They'll, they'll figure it out. I think the it, biggest thing that stuck out to me about K-State is watching Arthur Kaluma go 0-5 from the three-point line. I mean, if he makes two of those shots, then, you know, we get into true. a foul situation and a way more pressure, and, you know, college kids don't always handle that as well at the end of the game. So, I mean, it, it's not it's not a worrisome loss to me. I no. think USC is a good enough team that I wish it would have been a little bit closer, but – Again, Jerome Tang probably going to get the guys rolling pretty well. Uh, I wouldn't assume it takes super long, and I wouldn't put too much weight into the loss, meaning Kansas State might not be like a top-five team in the league. I still think they'll round into form. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to have plenty more opportunities. they got Providence in their uh, early-season tournament. They also got Villanova, LSU, and Nebraska. So plenty of times – and Wichita State. So plenty of times to get marquee wins. To take it a step further with Kaluma. He was one of 11 from the field, and you had Tyler Perry in there too, the point guard transfer from North Texas. So combined with those two, those are supposed to be their two studs. You go 6-29, to 29, it's going to be hard to win a top 25 game. We'll dive into the rest of the Big 12 on the other side because we uh, we got to get paid. We're brought to you by Bet365 because it's the world's favorite sports book, trusted by over 88 million players worldwide. Prop size, totals, live betting. Bet365 has everything you need covered. And if you like boosts, you're going to love Bet365. Like a 30% boost on your NFL same-game parlay. Plus, they even have an early payout if your team goes up 17 points. Sign up today and choose from the bonus offer either. Um, that's a $1,000 first bet safety net or bet five to get 150 in bonus bets. Just head over to sportsgamblingpockets.com slash bet365. Sportsgamblingpockets.com slash 365. If you got a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All righty, we're back. Um, all right, so unfortunately, yeah, K-State was a loser. The other big loser, and they were the big winner in football on Saturday, Oklahoma State loses to Abilene Christian. Quite frankly, trailed the whole game. Tried to, tried to have a miracle comeback, but ran out of gas at the end. And this is not this is not good for Mike Boyne. This is not the start you needed. Mm-hmm. This is three straight years they have lost a bye game. Um, whether it was in the first week of the season, the second week of the season, last year was Southern Illinois. This or t- a couple years ago it was Oakland. This can't happen, man. You can't. 
this is not the start they needed. Troy, I know you watched this game from start to finish. Disappointing as a Cowboy fan to watch him go 5 of 23 once again from beyond the arc. Unless you were on Abilene Christian, which I don't know. Which I'm pretty we were, sure you were too, yeah. right, Ryan? Yeah, yeah we were yeah, all over I was, Abilene I was, Christian. but I mean, I root for the Big 12 too, so it's of, like of, my bet won, but yeah. Of course, but you know, the preview we did when we were talking about some of the coaching in the Big 12 and just kind of the consensus that Mike Boynton is definitely not like a, the greatest fit for Oklahoma State and to get them going forward. And you can see that just not being prepared right off the bat not being prepared or overlooking teams on a consistent basis. You would think playing in the big 12, you get used to not overlooking anybody and still it continues to happen. I think that that's just, he's just not the right guy for the job. I would be willing to put some kind of wager down that he could be the first coach fired. It's definitely in the big 12, but they just didn't really look like they knew what they wanted to do or had anybody on the floor that was willing to take over and just make it their game or anything like that. Abilene Christian's pretty good, but not, they shouldn't be beating Oklahoma state. Oklahoma state should not be losing this game. And it was just easy to see too. For when, when everybody else is calling it as a possible loss, just because you know that the coach is overlooking teams in the past and continues to obviously do so. Mm-hmm. It's not a good look, not a good look for the pokes. Uh, Let's concentrate on Olive Garden and not worry about Mike Boynton. <laughs> Rush, uh, what was your takeaway from this one, man? Yeah, not not a great loss when you do this historically. I know, and we'll talk about this in a second, there were concerns from the West Virginia side of things that we were going to drop to Missouri State, a team that's had success against bigger teams. But when you don't, when it's more based off kind of a new head coach and a lot going on, not based off of history, you, you see it, you know, it doesn't come to fruition, right? We've seen this happen to Oklahoma State many times. So that's why a lot of us were on it and, and we're not surprised by it. And I, I definitely agree with, I think it was you that said it. Actually, maybe it was both of you when we were talking about when we did our show with Colby, with Boyan is, I don't think that it's Boyan, obviously them, his first time being a head coach is here at Oklahoma State. And I don't think anyone doubts his coaching abilities. Of course, he, he, needs, he has stuff he needs to work on. But I think it's more that you keep saying, Ryan, his fit. And I'm kind of, you kind of start to see that. And we're only one game in. And it's kind of like, yeah, this, this just may not work out. He may need to just kind of go somewhere else, start as a head coach, maybe at a smaller school or get back in the assistant, get some mentorship back in him, and then be good to go. And I think he does have, he has a place in the coaching industry, of course, but this just doesn't feel like it's it. To give a little benefit of the doubt, I mean, we know what the NCAA has done to this program historically yes. while letting other schools like Kansas off. And I do think that does play an effect. And I think you do have to give the benefit of the doubt to Mike Boynton in that situation. And also to Abilene Christian, don't forget, this is a team that beat Texas um, in the round of 64 two years ago. Now, probably a different team, transfer portal and all that stuff. But I mean, at least a program that um, you know ha- has somewhat of a history of beating a big 12 school or, or, or other good schools too. But yeah, it's just kind of the, it's like, you did this again. It's like, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll see what kind of this non-con looks like, but maybe this is that year at Oklahoma state that we were talking about on, on the preview with Colby, that it's just like, you know what, this may just have to be a gutted out kind of blow it up, start fresh. We're in the transfer portal era. We're in the NIL era. We can, we can 
turn this around a lot quicker than we could in the past. Maybe we just kind of have to sacrifice a season. So we'll, we'll, we'll know the answer to that question here in a couple of weeks. And, and the thing with Oklahoma State last year, midway through February, they were as hot as anybody in the league. They, mm. they were locked to make the tournament. They were 16-9, and 7-5 and five in Big 12 play. They stumbled down the stretch against the gauntlet. But they even with a five-game losing streak in the last two weeks of February, they were the one seed in the NIT, and they missed getting to the dance. And I think they still should have been. But the reason they didn't get to the dance was because they lost to Southern Illinois. That mm-hmm. was the game that kept them out. Yeah. And, I mean, Mike's teams will get better as the year goes on. He does, like he loses this game every year. But, I mean, you can't keep losing it. That's why you're playing in the NIT versus the NCAA tournament, and it's just been a common theme over the last couple of years. I mean, that just, loss is millions of dollars. Oh yeah. yeah, he just he just doesn't seem like he's enough of a hard ass to be at a school like Oklahoma State yeah. where you're going to have to grind with a little bit less talent compared to the other schools in the league like Baylor and Kansas that are getting McDonald's All-Americans and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Like I mentioned on the preview, it's almost like Oklahoma and Oklahoma State should switch basketball coaches. Yeah. 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 I, I, I would like somebody tougher than Porter Bozier too, though. Somebody gritty like Gundy. They need a Gundy. Well, type personality of basketball is there a chance that they could like teach gunner gundy basketball fast enough and then just (laughs) lock in another coach for the next 20 years or something like that as long as he wears zoe ed shirt let's go i got basketball i actually have a comment to that that kind of relates to us ryan and this isn't we, we don't have to dive too deeply into this but watch out next year, Bob Huggins going to another, like an Oklahoma State or a UCF, you know? UCF, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. I, I actually like UCF a lot for, for him. Like, you know, especially, you know, we, we don't have to go down this road. It's a conversation for another time. But there's those coaches out there that, that could fit that Oklahoma State type narrative to, to match that Gundy energy. If Beard, if Chris Beard had not taken Ole Miss, I would have said Chris Beard all freaking day. Yeah, um, somebody like one. that, somebody that's on on a bounce back, like Eddie Sutton was. Eddie Sutton yeah. got the sanctions at Kentucky, re got that Oklahoma State brand going back. Oklahoma State looking ahead to what they got going. They got the Bonnies in a couple weeks out. Where's that at? That's another one in Brooklyn. There's a thousand tournaments in Brooklyn or in Vegas. <laughs> it's always one of the two. Um, and then they will have a shot at Auburn or Notre Dame. They also always play. They play Creighton in a couple weeks. So they in that Big East, Big Twelve Challenge, and yeah, they also great. play. They usually play Wichita, but I don't see Wichita on the schedule. So they can't drop another one. They need to probably beat at Creighton now. Um, oh my God, they got to return a game to Southern Illinois too. So yeah, no, this is not. This is going to be a tough schedule for Mike Boyd and company. Let's talk about a team that found a way to get a big dub despite being down to eight scholarship players. That's our Mountaineers, baby. We don't make no excuses. You know, I saw I saw Vanderbilt was saying we were down three starters. That's why we lost to Presbyterian last night. Nobody gives a shit. Hey, nobody gives a shit that you're down players. Find a way no. to win. It's you're, you're not a victim. Find a way. Do your job and find a way to win. And that's what the Mountaineers did. They beat a Missouri State team. That's a quality team. They bring back 10 players from last year. That's more than any players that we even have on our roster currently that are active. But, hey, find a way to win. Move on. 1-0. Rush, you were at the game. You Mm -hmm. were right there. Um, What was your takeaways from win number one of the Josh Eilert era? A couple takeaways. And we we did a nice in-depth post-show 
Uh, check it out on the Ryan and Rush show, uh, yeah. the West Virginia side of things. A couple of things is one, our, our friend of the show, Ethan Baca, a local journalist here in Morgantown. He had the, yeah, he, he had the funniest picture that explained it all. He took a picture of the, the West Virginia bench. There were five coaches, four <laughs> players that couldn't play. And then three bench players that could play. It's like, oh, that's, well, yeah, that's, that, that sums it up about right. And it, it felt exactly like a COVID game, but there were fans yeah. in the stands. It's like, it's like, oh, yeah. half the team got COVID or something. But this is going to be a team that no matter who West Virginia is playing, whether it's Monmouth this Friday or when Kansas comes here during the Big 12 schedule, is that you're going to have to make this a 20-minute basketball game. You're going to have to keep this game as close as you possibly can at halftime and then pull away in, in the second half. It's a team that's dealt with adversity all off season. It's a team that even, even their scrimmage game against George Mason, even their uh, scrimmage game against it's Vanderbilt, right? That one went to overtime. The George Mason one, you had a cook go down and deal with a health issue and, and they still found a way to pull it out. This is going to be a team that and maybe this is a good bat, betting strategy to go. Don't bet anything West Virginia in the first half. Wait to see what it is and then figure it out in the second half to, to put your bets in. But that um, 12 minutes below is is when this team decides like, okay, it's time to go, guys. Like, let it loose. And, and they do it. And it was great to see. We had four players that were returners from last year's season. Of course, Kobe and Seth making the biggest impact. Um, and, and weren't projected to be starters this year, but now have to be starters. And they, they did a good job, you know, tough first half, but they, they figured it out. And then, you know, we're going to need Pat Sumnick and, and um, Jojo Harris, of course, to step up. And we were talking about this, Ryan, that Jojo has stepped up tremendously from where he was last year and did make an impact in the game. And then the four new guys, Jesse Edwards, fantastic. Quinn Slazinski, uh, fantastic. You know, Bembry, um, he, he's never really played college basketball yet. He was injured at Florida State last year. But if he can come in while a couple guys need some rest, put in a couple minutes, uh, that'll be great. And then, of course, Ofri from the Israeli national team. I mean, that guy might be 20 pounds undersized, but that guy has finesse. He can ball it up. He's The only thing he's missing is a yarmulke on his head, which would be even more awesome the way he's playing <laughs> if he was able to keep that on his head. So, Ryan, we both we I, I know we both really like this team a lot. You know, Kerr will be eligible again in eight games from now, which obviously will be fantastic bringing him over from the Pac-12 champion Arizona team. Hopefully we can get battle figured out with this waiver. We have the governor, Jim Justice, involved and our attorney general, uh, Patrick Morrissey. So usually when you get some pressure on the NCA, they have a way of figuring things out. And then hopefully a cook, you know, figures, figures out his health. If you could get those three guys back, like seriously, watch out for this team. This is a very, very good West Virginia team. Josh Eiler did an excellent job in his first game, and congrats on his first win. Excellent substitution packages, and I think some of those substitution packages are, hey, let's see if this works. Like, and you got to do yeah, that this time of year, like, you know. And it did work for the most part. So he's figuring up that matchups. I mean, it's you can't not gonna like I said, you can't take any games lightly, no matter if it's Monmouth or Kansas or anywhere in between. But it was a great start. Hey, they covered that seven and a half point spread at that nice little <laughs> dunk at the end that I got on video. Uh, I don't think Josh Eilert was too happy about that, but it's like, all right, let him dunk. Let the crowd celebrate. You're good, Josh. Yeah. I know that's the one time you, you you can be a little unsportsmanlike. But anyway, it was a great night for the Mountaineers. The energy was great. It's good to be back in the Coliseum and th this team will be all right. Just game by game. That's all they can do.
Yeah, they really they really need to mirror the football team's strategy of, you know, let's just grind it out and keep it as close as we can for as long as we can. And hopefully our talent takes over at the end mm-hmm. a little bit. But, you know, there's more games, so there's more time for the coach to actually experiment a bit. But when they get into league play, just kind of work, go with work and, and don't let the results dictate what you think is the right path to go. Yeah, they they could really surprise a lot of people this year for sure. And what's good from a scheduling standpoint is this fa- the, the, the Big 12 schedule actually really favors West Virginia is because they're not doing the true, uh, the Big 12 true home and away doesn't exist anymore because obviously we have 14 teams now. And so, you know, you get to play UCF and Cincinnati. Uh, you don't have to go to the Fog. You don't have to go to Provo. You don't have to go to Texas Tech. You don't have to go to Baylor. And, and so it's, the opportunity's there. We just it's it's time, Ryan. You know, get start getting a couple breaks our way, and I think I think the tides are turning. Yeah, it's I easy agree. to see it, a tide turn. Yeah, <laughs> I. Uh, it's this is the difference between West Virginia's program and Oklahoma State Monday night. Well, West Virginia finds a way, doesn't make excuses, finds a way to get the win. It's not a, it's not pretty, but hey, down down to down three out of five starters, down to eight players. Find a way to win, move on, on to Monmouth on Friday. They also got a tournament in a couple weeks against SMU or Wisconsin and Virginia. That'll be a tough test. St. John's, Pitt, Ohio State, UMass on the schedule. So no time to uh no time to rest for these Mountaineers, but they'll they'll keep getting better and better. This should be an NCAA tournament team by the end. They'll they'll get better and better and, it, and find a way to get there. And if Josh gets to the tournament, never mind at least win one game in the tournament, they, yeah. they have to offer him the job. Everything oh, he's no been doubt. through, no doubt. you have to offer it to him. No doubt. Completely agree. Um, if you want to get over there, we got to get paid real quick. Uh, go to the Coliseum for a game. Go over to Game Time because mm. buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fastest, easiest way to get to a sports, music, or comedy theater near you. Killer last-minute deals. And you know it's great? They give you the flash deals, right? So you see your seats, no obstructive view. Forget planning months in advance. Game time is the best last-minute tickets guaranteed. Snag those tickets without stress. Game time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account. Code CFBX for get twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create that account at redeem code CFBX for twenty dollars off. Download the Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets. The sports betting analytics platform for parlays, props, and game lines. Um, enter any parlay into the Hall of Fame revolutionary parlay optimizer tool so you can break down each and every leg to see which one has the best value. Stop betting in the dark. Get over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame bets to craft a more intelligent data-driven parlay. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hofbets.com. Code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching. Start winning with Hall of Fame bets. And we're back on the Big 12 College Experience. Shout out to Chat Nick. Uh, we'll give out a Big 12 parlay at the end of uh, for Friday night. We I know the lines have been released, but we'll we'll pick out three games that we'll we'll put together a parlay for Friday night. So we have a little Big 12 action. Mm-hmm. Uh, real quick, I'm just going to run through the other games just because those are the four games that really had some meaning to it. Uh, number one team in the country, Kansas, wins by about 50. Uh, they looked awesome. Houston looked awesome. They beat uh, Monroe by 53. Yeah. Uh, Texas also rolled incarnate word. They won by about 40. 
Oklahoma actually rolled against Central Michigan. That's a good win. And I'll tell you what was an underrated win was UCF rolling FIU. I thought that was going to be a closer game. But shout out to the Shiny Knights. Uh, Iowa State rolls Green Bay by 40. BYU, the Cougars, win by 50 against Houston Christian. How bad is Houston Christian if BYU is winning by 50? Uh, TCU beats Southern by 35. And Cincinnati grinds out a 11-point win over Illinois, Chicago. That gets me into tonight. We got Texas Tech ticket on Texas A&M Commerce. Texas A&M is, or Texas Tech is laying 22. Feels like a good smash spot for Texas Tech, doesn't it? In great game one of the Grant McCaslin era. Oh, yeah. I yeah, think Texas so, Tech handles this one pretty easily. What's the line at? 22. It was at 22 when we picked it. I think it might be up to 23. A&M Commerce played on Monday night, so short turnaround. Texas Tech should lay it on him. Tomorrow in the Big 12, we got Baylor taking on John Jay, John Brown, whatever the hell you want to call him. Uh, <laughs> TCU's taking on Peyton Manning, Omaha, Omaha, uh, 8 o'clock. And then Iowa State taking on Lindenwood. Should be an easy 3-0 night for the Big 12. If it's not, it's going to be a bad uh, recap show. <laughs> so so let's uh, let's look to Friday night because that's when we actually get some games. Uh, to get, get, get out the games that really against bad teams um, – Oh, Oklahoma's taking on Mississippi Valley State. Texas is taking on Delaware State. Kansas taking on Manhattan. Those are bad teams. Um, the Cincinnati's taking on Detroit. Detroit's not very good, but Cincinnati should roll. West Virginia's taking on Monmouth, which could be a little tricky, but this should be another game where West Virginia grinds that thing out and finds a way, as well as K-State in a bounce back against Bellarmine. But let's talk about the marquee matchup at seven o'clock on ACC Network. That filthy ACC Network. UCF, the very, very shiny Knights. Uh, they go down to Miami and they beat Miami last year. What What, what are your thoughts on these this game, guys? Uh, you think UCF has a chance to pull off the stunner once again uh, against the uh, Hurricanes from Miami? It sure. I mean, it sure seems like it. The uh... The Jim Laranega coaching strategy of, you know, we want to get better as the year goes on, mm-hmm. that kind of plays into the chance that UCF has. Um, I was – I think they played pretty well in their first game. I I wouldn't be surprised to see UCF win this one straight up. That wouldn't be a, a, a big shock to me. I will say, even the Kansas State coming off of a loss, I think there's I think there's a little juice to Bellarmine in that game. Bellarmine? The old Knights. <laughs> yeah. 0-1 yeah. against Florida Southern College. Russ, what do you think of uh, UCF in that impressive opener? Now they're taking on the big Miami school. Yeah, I mean, we I even brought it up on this show, but I'm sure Johnny Dawkins is a little tired of people imagining uh, other coaches in his current role. And I think if you if you figured this game out, especially doing it two years in a row, watch out. This this UCF team might not be too bad and. This, this basketball team might follow suit of the football team where, you know, it takes a second to get going. I mean, they are one of the newest universities in the country, but now with the Big 12 brand behind their basketball team and in Orlando and their location, the especially in the wintertime. I mean, you know, football, you know, it's kind of that crossover, but basketball being in the wintertime, this this is a good statement game for, for UCF and the ability to say, hey, we're, we're part of this Florida basketball scene too. That basketball scene too. Uh, obviously, Jim Laranega can never count him out. But you are right that you know we saw it at George Mason. Of course, we we see it at Miami. Is there's always something about his teams later in the season, and 
you know, you, you kind of use that non-conference to, to, to figure things out. So I do think this is going to mean a little bit more because of the history and because it's an interstate matchup, but Hey, this, I, I, I think UCF at least first half into maybe 10 minutes into the, the second half, we, we got ourselves a game. I, I probably, I would guess Miami probably pulls out a little bit later, but Hey, you, you just, you never know in these, these week one, both teams from the same state, you know, a little history of little brother beating big brother. Anything can happen. Speaking of anything can happen, we got we got a really good one Friday night in Provo. Big time. This is an old Mountain West rivalry. Kawhi versus Jimmer. Jimmer versus Kawhi <laughs> Bring it back. Leonard. Alumni this game. <laughs> they play, I mean, Rush, they played last year. San Diego State team that went all the way to the national championship only beat BYU by seven. I yeah. kind of think BYU is going to win this game. I know everybody's going to fall in love with San Diego State coming off the, the great year last year, but I like BYU, man. I like BYU a lot in Provo on Friday night. I, I, I like BYU as well, and if you see BYU win this game, next basketball episode we do, you'll see my old Jimmer Fredette jersey just happened to uh, pop back on. I mean, this game is – this is a rivalry in basketball. Like this is one of those where maybe there's not the most, I guess there's recent history to this, but Hey, this is Provo. I mean, I was just out in San Diego. That's that sea level below sea level. The elevation still applies in basketball as well. And a bunch yeah. of Mormons Friday night, you think they're out drinking, going to the clubs? Hell no. They're no. going to be at the Marriott center, spreading the good gospel of BYU basketball and letting San Diego state know, Hey, you know, maybe we've been a little down in the past couple of years, but we're we're ready to go, especially against you guys. I, I BYU money line is not a bad bet at all. Nice little sprinkle. And this this is somebody's first road game. These teams yeah. that hit the road for the first time in college basketball usually struggle. So I love BYU here. Troy, what were you gonna add? I was going to say, I know it's not the best competition, but you score 110 points in a 40 minute college basketball game. Your team has some serious ability to beat pretty much anyone i mean they could just boat race them if they really wanted to i think i mean i'm i don't know what the if there is even an over under set yet or like an estimated look ahead or anything like that i got it right would, here i would be looking at the over i think uh i'll do we'll do guest the lines uh, i'll let troy you start with ucf in miami we'll go we'll go off ken palm's line right now because we know the books like to duplicate Ken Palm's lines half the, over half the time. How many points do you think Miami will be favored by on Friday night? I feel like because it's Ken Palm, it would be like n- almost nine and a half or ten and a half or something like that. Seven. So, Seven. I, mean, I was going to say eight and a half. This is, this is projected. This is going to be projected a tight game. Uh, go over to BYU, your Cougars rush. What do you think of BYU and San Diego State? Same matchup. My guess it's going to be on that two to three possession line. I'm going to say six and a half. BYU by two. BYU's favored by two? Yeah. According oh, to I thought I was being this great. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, pick the BYU money line. I just assuming they'd be an underdog. Oh, well, then that's definitely it. And, and, and let me go over to Bart Torvik. That's the other one that does the projections. Just looking ahead to Friday night. You see it. BYU by one um, on Bart Torvik. Miami by eight. So that game might end up being even or like BYU yeah. minus a half. 
And I think that makes sense. I was just going off of, but no, that, that does make more sense. We, we're going to bet the shit out of BYU on Friday night. Because oh, yeah, if, if, if BYU is going to come out laying a point or two, even maybe three, and the public is going to come heavy on San Diego State because they just went to the national championship. So love BYU. Just like I love Loyola Chicago here in a couple hours against FAU. You got to college basketball just doing the show with Colby every night. That is the number one sport to fade the public perception because every team's going to lose multiple games a year when you hit the road. It's it, it's hard to win on the road in college basketball. So, I mean, I can't I can't wait. Uh, looking ahead to the rest of the weekend, there's not really any big-time games. Um, it's okay. We got football still. Yeah, yeah. We got Houston <laughs> A&M on Saturday. They snuck that thing in. Cincinnati, Eastern Washington on Sunday. Iowa State, Idaho State, the Bengals. Uh, Texas Tech has another one against San Jose State. That's a little bit of a tricky spot. Texas Tech got to watch out there. Uh, OK State bounce back against Sam Houston. That's that's not a gimme. That's going to be another not hard a game. Gimme Sunday. At all. Yeah. So throw that on your side TV during NFL slate, three o'clock Eastern, and then Baylor against Gardner Webb. And we'll be back um, next week to recap all the action. So. Guys, I mean, it's good to get a little basketball in there, man. It's I love I love college basketball. Oh yeah, it's, it's such a great time of year. We got Maxion tonight. We got college hoops. Friday night slate is absolutely fantastic outside the Big Twelve. A couple of good Big Twelve matchups that we're talking about, but you just look elsewhere. I mean, you got what you got? You got Duke and Arizona. Uh, you got Wisconsin, Tennessee. You got Texas A and M, Ohio State, Virginia, Florida, Memphis, Missouri, Virginia Tech, South Carolina, Wake, Georgia. Data Northwestern, Clemson, UAB, and 90% of these are on actual campuses. So it's not this bullshit-ass NBA arena with 100 fans in it. So can't wait for Friday night. Rush, let's get out of here, but tell everybody where to find you and what we got going on. At Rambling Rush, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, also follow the Ryan and Rush show for the more West Virginia side of things. Uh, we will be uh, – actually, we're bringing Troy on later today to discuss the Oklahoma-West Virginia matchup. I know we did a little bit of that on this show, but, you know. Got to well, change shirts. Yeah, got to change. Yeah, I, I, I got to probably change mine, too. I don't need a bunch of fans freaking out. Like, he's wearing red for this show. It's like, no, it's – anyway. Yeah. But, you know, we'll put our Ryan and Rush spin on it. So, definitely uh, join us over there on the other, other side. But, of course, appreciate you all support. Can't wait for, for basketball season ahead and love this time of year. The good old intersection of the two best sports in the land. I think um, – just whoever the chat that's a that's a pretty good parlay i think you would take the points with ucf and byu on the money line yep but i think um adding a third or a fourth leg with those other big 12 games there's not really a bunch of value unless for some reason that that bellarmine and and k-state game is looked at as being closer or something like that but i think you could just roll a two-legger on friday i agree with that yeah Two newcomers um, in the big games, baby. Let's go. Big 12. I was going to say, you can always find me over at the X, just at Troy Tuning, the full name. Um, and, you know, check us out on the West Virginia side here in a few minutes on the Ryan and Rush show. We, uh, we're we going to dive into why Oklahoma is fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely love it. You guys can find me at Moneyline underscore Mac. Always in the Discord. Hit me up. Twitter, X, whatever the hell you call it. 
keep 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 the energy, man, over at the college basketball experience. Great start to the season. Absolutely. Here every single night at midnight Eastern with me, Colby, Noah, Troy, and Rush will be on there throughout the year as well. Absolutely. And many others. It's it's gonna it's gonna be a fun year, man. I can't wait. Uh can't wait for college football this weekend. Go check out the college football experience. And I think that's it, man. Good basketball episode. And let's get out of here. Go Mountaineers. Go Mountaineers.